Last week, episode 245, I talked to Mike Patakis. Today, I'm talking to Maria Patakis of the Mike and Maria Patakis team in Greater Palm Springs of California and top real estate agent and team with Desert Sotheby's International Realty. Just 10 years ago, Maria and her husband and business partner, Mike, moved to Palm Springs. They did not know a soul. Brand new real estate agents, other than their personal real estate, they also had not sold a single home and did not have a single client. So they blogged, networked, videoed, partnered, and applied every marketing technique to every platform they could discover. They left no stone unturned. They met every challenge with relentless persistence and determination. Maria and Mike are now a strong team of loyal, seasoned agents selling well over 50 luxury homes annually. New clients come to them for their results. They are known for selling luxury homes that no one else can. In last week's episode 245, Mike and I talked about how to launch, build, and grow in luxury real estate. In this episode 246, we get Maria's perspective as she and I talk about their story and how to create momentum for success. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast was created for real estate agents across the country to come together, sharing ideas to take your, their, and our business to the next level. All right, everybody, it's the Jerry Metcalf podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it. And today we have on the show, Maria Patakis, with the Mike and Maria Patakis team at Sotheby's International Realty Desert, Sotheby's International International Realty in Greater Palm Springs of California. Maria, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Jerry. It's a pleasure. So let's just get, well, first, I'm going to give a little tidbit on you. You guys have, you and Mike have a team. You've been in business for a little over 10 years. You guys have seasoned, loyal agents. And you've sold some pretty premier listings that nobody else could sell. Um, so all of that being said, and you guys sold, I think, about 60 or 70 homes a year. So all of that being said, tell us where you started and how and why you got in the business in the first place. Yeah, um, we had gotten into the business after the mortgage crash. So we both came from the lending side, residential financing. Um, Mike had been in it quite a while, about 15 years or so, straight out of college. And um, I was doing loans. I was a loan officer for about five years, five, six years or so. Um, and, um, you know, it, it definitely gave me a lot of uh, good, you know, familiarity so that I can, you know, help people now with whether they're buyers or sellers, you know, it really helps to have uh, that knowledge, although a lot has changed, of course, with mortgages. Um, so we just decided, you know what, Obviously, let's let's be done with that uh, line of work and let's try something new. So we ended up joining up, teaming up together, and we started selling real estate. Um, we had a second home here in the desert, and we would come out on the weekends. Um, that's pretty much all it was about. Um, we didn't know the market that well. Um, originally from Orange County, 
I had lived in LA for a while. Mike had lived in San Diego for quite a while. So, um, you know, we just thought, you know, it's, it's the desert. It's pretty laid back. You know, we could probably figure this out. And, uh, and so, yeah, so we started off, um, but, you know, we learned that the desert has uh, the desert market and uh, real estate market has a lot of uh, intricacies to it. You know, we have uh, so many um, different uh, HOAs. Uh, there's, you know, so let's get, so let's, let's kind of make sure everybody knows where we are. You yeah. guys had both been in the loan industry. Mike had been doing it for about 15 years. You had been doing it maybe for four. You have a vacation home in the greater Palm Springs area where you work now and you thought, hey, well, why don't we just live there? So you get in right. the market. Right, yeah. I mean, it wasn't our original plan. Um, yeah. The thought was, you know, when we uh, were just coming out on the weekends, we thought, you know what, when we get to um, the point in our lives uh, where we want to retire, you know, we'll, we'll retire there, you know, and that was the idea. So we had actually, you know, throughout, you know, the mortgage crash, we had actually moved to the Midwest for a couple of years. And we, although we met some really nice people and it was a good experience, we just missed California too much. So uh, we wanted to come back here and we'd already rented our, our primary home um, in Orange County. So that's, that's really how it happened is that, well, you know, we have to pay the mortgage there anyway. So let's give it a try. <laughs> right. I mean, what a better time to move to a new place and know nobody than the great recession. Yes, it was, it really was. So we were, we were right off the bat, you know, we had no shortage of buyers. So that was very fortunate for us. Um, everything was dirt cheap here in the desert because since it is, you know, primarily a uh, second home market, although the demographics are changing more and more, especially over the last couple of years. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, at that time, I mean, the area, all the desert cities were pretty devastated because, um, you know, those were the first homes to be let go, you know, to foreclosure, short sales. So, I mean, really the area was flooded with them and, um, not, not always pleasant, you know, to deal with yeah. that sort of situation. Um, especially the short sales, um, because, you know, they could drive on six months, nine months, you know, and then everybody gives up six months later. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, luckily, you know, there were no shortage of buyers in the marketplace, you know, because everybody wanted to take advantage of how, you know, cheap everything was at the time. And so, you know, that's how we built our business. That was just like that. And of course, over the years, it's, you know, the values have gone up the past couple of years, the values have gone up, uh, tremendously, like most markets. Yeah. So you guys came in to real estate, brand new agents. So it sounds like you got your, because remember again, great recession, you know, nobody brand new market and you've got a lot to learn yeah. and it turns out there are buyers. And so you basically, did you go after the buyer business or did the buyers come out of you or how did you, how did that, how did you get that momentum? Right. Good question. We actually did a lot of on online advertising. So at the time, you know, we're just building. So we would do as much, um, you know, lower cost advertising online that we could. Um, blogging. We did a lot of blogging. We, we blogged about communities, events. And back, back then it was more of a more of a thing, you know, back then yeah. it would register well on Google. So when it was new. Yeah, it was yeah. back then. Yeah. So, so it worked okay. You know, we got calls and we, we service those calls, you know, uh, professionally, like we we're, we're used to, um, you know, coming from Orange County, you know, we're used to a, a very competitive uh, sort of um, uh, way that, you know, you have to be or else, you know, you get left in the dust. So, so we just had that approach of just be very professional, just treat others like how we want to be treated. 
Um, and we, we ended up getting a lot of business as a result just because um, the area is very laid back. So even um, the professionals tend to be laid back. You have, you know, retirees that um, also have their licenses. And so that, yeah. you know, like in between, you know, uh, rounds of golf, you know, they're, they're selling, you know, a few deals a year or whatever. Um, a lot of part-time agents at that time. Um, it's, it's, it's changed. Um, but yeah, we would, we would get uh, clients just uh, for the simple fact that, you know, we would hear, oh, you know, we tried to reach a few agents, nobody's called us back and boom, you know, got a new client because other people weren't servicing, weren't on, weren't on the ball. And we just, so it was a benefit, you know, it was a benefit. We just, um, you know, realized yeah. that it was, uh, our, our professionalism was uh, helping us out with, you know, just being new, it was helping a lot. So. So two things I'm hearing. Number one, when you showed up, you showed up and you actually marketed yourselves and got in front of people. Number two, when people called you, you answered the phone. And number three, you actually learned and knew your market. And your market, it turns out, was a little complicated between the HOAs and the land leases. So how did you, is, you know, when you go in any market, you need to learn and understand it. How did you figure that out? And what was the easiest way to learn something so you create value for your clients? Yeah, good question. I mean, a lot of that actually came from the blogging uh, because, you know, we'd have to do research on a particular community um, or if we're talking about, uh, you know, different architectural um, properties, you know, we're learning about the architecture that's so huge in, in Palm Springs and the other desert cities, but Palm Springs uh, primarily. Um, so, yeah, we were educating ourselves through during doing research, doing the blogging, doing our advertising. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the desert is, we thought, oh, you know, it, it can't be that hard, you know, because it's just laid back and it seems simple, but yeah, the market's very different. There is a lot of lease land in Palm Springs. Um, there's like over 25,000 properties on lease land just yeah. in Palm Springs alone. And, uh, you know, other desert cities just have a ton of, um, gated communities, um, where it's actually hard to find properties that are not part of a gated community. Um, so yeah, so you have HOAs, sometimes you have a country club that has um, several different HOAs within one country club. So you have to know, okay, you know, which rules apply to which community and, and this is a different HOA monthly than the other one, you know, is, you know, on the other side of development, you know, so it's just all those things that we didn't anticipate. And uh, we thought, okay, well, it's not as easy as we thought, but you know, we're, we're, we're figuring it out, so. So when you came into the market, what do you think, what was your biggest challenge? Because you hadn't been, you were in mortgages, but that's not real estate. Right. Was it winning the business? Was it learning the business? Was it getting the deal? Well, that's winning the business, but what do you, what was that biggest challenge? Breaking into the business. Right. Into um, I guess I would say, uh, you know, getting, getting the business. I mean, it, it was challenging at that time, you know, because when you're, when you're new, you're just barely establishing your track record, you know, and of course, most of the agents start working with buyers like we did. Um, you know, so I guess at first it was probably, you know, trying to get those listings might have been like the hardest challenge because um, we were with one of those big box companies at the time. Uh, of course, now we're with a, you know, great, more of a boutique sort of thing, even though we have a huge network, it still has that sort of boutique feel. But, um, but yeah, I mean, being with the big box, starting with a big box sort of, uh, brokerage. I mean, you're kind of just out there like flailing in the wind, you know, you don't really get a whole lot of direction. You don't really get a whole lot of training. So it's, it was just a matter of like, okay, well, how do we utilize, you know, what we already know? I mean, we, we know how to work with clients. 
we know how to be professional. We know how to relate to people. I'm a people person. So I think that's helped me a lot um, because I, I, it doesn't matter. Like I, I really, I don't get intimidated about um, any particular situation or person. Um, you know, it could be, you know, somebody that, you know, has a, you know, at the time, $100,000 property, or it could be somebody that's a billionaire and has, you know, this multi-million dollar mansion. I, I don't know. I think that's helped me a lot too, is that I don't, I don't ever get intimidated. Um, it doesn't matter if, you know, you're some CEO of a fortune 500 company or, or if you're, you know, the, you're part of a cleaning crew. I mean, I could really, we service, we, we provide that, um, you know, that service and that luxury sort of feel like at whatever price point. And I think that helped us a lot. And that helped us with, you know, satisfying our clients needs at the time. And then they would refer us clients. So they would refer, Hey, you know, my, yeah, my friend from Seattle or my friend from LA, you know, they're looking for a home too, or they want to sell or whatever. And so that quickly we're, we were able to get um, referrals early on. Um, so that helped tremendously as well. So basically it was, it was just good habits and good discipline. You broke into a market again, everybody, it was a great recession and you knew nobody, but you marketed yourself, you learned your market and you answered the phone when people called. The advantage you had was that while you didn't know the market, everybody else in your market didn't really work hard. Yeah, so, no, and I'm not saying, I don't, I don't want to put it that way. No, but I don't mean it. That was me. That was yeah. me, not you, not yeah, you. No, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you're in a market where, right. There was a couple sorry. instances where we were getting that feedback, you know, yeah. we, we thought, okay, great. We get to benefit, you know, because somebody else is, you know, just doing a part-time or they're not taking it seriously. Exactly. Whatever, whatever exactly. Or, yeah. So fast forward, now you've been in business for over 10 years. You've got some fabulous listings. One of them behind me that you guys sold, I think this was around, was it 3 million? This yeah, one? Yeah, yes. That's um, an Indian Most Country Club. Um, yeah. Actually broke the record of all time uh, in the country club, which I know it's, it, these days it's nothing special. Everybody, every agent's breaking records and, you know, different cities and communities but but it was yeah it was the highest sale ever in indian walls country club it was a beautifully uh redone home um our our buyers actually trusted us um to purchase a house site at scene from the east coast wow and that was this house yes and that was um ah. that was um pre that was pre um pandemic so that was um in 2019 and then it, i mean they were actually professional flippers back in, on the east coast so they were very you know, very um, knowledgeable. They knew exactly what to do. And, and that was their plan. They, they wanted to come and the house was a disaster. I mean, it was a complete disaster. Um, yeah. They, when they so breaking off, sales records before everybody was breaking sales records. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're, we're, I mean, we're just thrilled because they, I mean, they hit it out of the park. I mean, they, they got, we got them a, an excellent price um, on the purchase and they just, you know, they killed it on their sale. So yeah, we're just really happy for them. So new agents, fast forward now, sales record before everybody was breaking sales records. And by the way, the $19 million listing in the background on Mike's interview, and yeah. you've got a team. So tell us a little bit about, you know, brand new, just grinding it, getting business. And now you fast forward 10 years later, what does it look like? 
Yeah, like what does it look like now or how do we get here or now? Like how, how you know, now? you've got a team. We've talked a lot about this a little bit, but that for those of you who didn't listen to Mike's interview, tell us about team, how many people, and I always love to he hear each like team leader's version because you always get that really good perspective. Like what's the team structure? What does it look like? How how do you guys run? Gotcha. Um, yeah, we uh, actually just added uh, another agent. So we have uh, three other agents aside from um, Mike and I, and um, we actually just brought on a new um, team coordinator. So um, we we had we had another gal that was doing great, but um, you know her uh, husband ended up getting assigned to uh, he's a marine so he ended up going to oh, wow. so we wow and, but we're very fortunate we found yeah. somebody that's fabulous and has a lot of uh, real estate experience former former agent just wants to be um you know in the background and just so we're just super yeah. that. and then we have two season agents and then one that's newer so she was with a, a larger uh, firm um, right before uh coming here and she's ready just to kind of you know break out on her, um, not on her own, but just kind of blossom and just learn and yeah. train. And so she's, she's, uh, she's doing great so far. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know what, it's exciting. It's, it's exciting to grow. It's exciting to have the opportunity to train. Um, oops, lights just went out, but is that fine? I, I can't tell. No, okay. it looks the same here. It looks good. Okay. Maybe if I wave my hand. There you go. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> well, now I've got, and I've got like hair in my face, so we'll fix everything. So, so you've got a team, you've got two seasoned agents, one new agent, and here's what I love. You've got an admin. I always say you, it, until you've been an agent, like they're great admins, but the admins who have been agents get it. So to get someone who's been an agent and they're just ready to be an administration, I mean, how, was that just luck or how'd you pull that off? Yeah, I mean, we just got lucky. We placed an ad. Um, he came to interview, and he's been fantastic. I mean, he's he's only been on the job not even a month and a half, and um, wow. yeah, it, it's it's great. It's it's wonderful to feel supported by somebody that is just so knowledgeable, you know. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's 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 great because it's freeing us up more, which is what we needed. You know, obviously, we need to be out there, uh, you know, getting more business in. So it's, it's definitely allowing us to get out there more, which I'm very grateful for. So in your team is for agents, I'm assuming the way you're talking about them. I know some teams you find teams, agents on the team or buyer agents. It sounds like your team is like most luxury teams. The agents on your team are agents and you support the agents on your team to do all of their business. Is that like they're there do they do listings or do they just do oh, buyers yeah, yeah, no, they do. Yeah. They, yeah so um yeah i guess our our structures may be a little more unique i mean i know that um you know a lot of teams in our area um and even within you know our local sotheby's offices um all the production uh goes under like the team leaders um but we actually don't do it that way so they they can have their own listings they don't they don't have to just be only buyers agents they can have their own listings if they of course, if they produce that that um, seller and and will be like a co-list agent on there, you know, with, with yeah. and um, you know, so we support in every way, and and they so they do get credit, so they do get production credit. Um, yeah. I don't know, we just feel like it it gives them an opportunity to just uh, just own it more, just to just to you know service. It's all about servicing the client in the best way possible. So if they make that connection with that client, we want them to you know feel well, like. They're what, credit for. Yeah, and to your point, if most of the agents on like on this show, everybody, most agents, 
and it's, it seems in luxury, the agents on a team serve their business and the team is supporting that versus you get other teams where if you read like million dollar real estate agent, there are a lot of models where you've got team lead, they take all the listings and then they feed things out and you only have buyer agents. So I always find it interesting just to find out a little bit about what everybody does. So you've got the one admin person and what is his, is his job? Some people, you know, is it more on closing administration, listing administration, marketing, all three, or what are his real responsibilities versus what the agents take care of? Yeah, pretty much all three. So he's handling, um, you know, uh, he's even TCing. I mean, we, we had another TC before, but he's doing some transaction coordinating as well. Um, he's managing a file. He's, you know, keeping everything like tight on, uh, you know, contingency dates. And I mean, he's just keeping us like all on track and in line. He helps with marketing. So he'll produce, um, you know, certain social media pieces that, you know, I'm requesting or an agent's requesting. Um, helps with the e-blast, you know? So yeah, just kind of like all around. He's, he's really great with everything. Nice. And do you guys have like a in the field guy that drops things off for clients or is that what the agents do or how yeah, does that No, work? actually he, he can do that as well. And so we're, we're now that, you know, he's getting a little bit settled in, um, we're actually going to be, yeah, sending him out to do uh, that type of stuff. Just go out and, and uh, you know, do some little projects for us, so. And he was an agent. So yeah. he's actually like some people come into that position to grow into being an agent, right. but right. he like, that's what he likes to do. Yeah. Yeah. He just prefers that. Um, it seems like that's he great. Out, um, on a Ask him if he can clone himself and, and send his clone to Atlanta. That's I know, right? Nothing yeah. against my, my team. We're great. We're awesome. Yeah. But, no, I, I get it. No, right? I, like how great, how great is really that? Lucky. We do. We feel really lucky. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, no, yeah. We're, we're just grateful. We're just in a, in a, in a time now where like most agents and most markets, I mean, we just feel really grateful for, you know, just having the work. I mean, we know so many people in other industries that haven't been so fortunate. So it's just um, a blessing and it's a blessing to be able to grow. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I just had actually a really um, positive showing just last week about um, that uh, $19 million listing that we have, which um, that one took a couple of years to actually solidify. Um, but I, you know, it's it's a very exciting property. It's an architectural property. It's it's a the engineering feat alone uh, is impressive. I mean, it took a year to get the land ready to build, and it took four years to build the property. And it was built like um, like a hospital. Actually, a, a builder that builds hospitals oh, wow. built it. So I mean, the footings go down so far into into the mountain, and it's anchored with like these like steel beams that go back out to the mountain behind. So like even oh, wow. the big one hit, yeah. like it's like the most secure structure probably. <laughs> so oh, that's amazing. Uh, but so, yeah. So when you guys got in business, you had no listings, and now you've got a nineteen million and a record breaker and several others. What did that look like winning that first listing? Like, how did you break through to that? And then how did you really figure out? Because today you guys have done so much. You're out there. You have a reputation for selling properties that other agents can't sell. How did that transform? Right. Um, you know, we were always willing to welcome challenges. So I think that helped us a lot. Um, we thrive on challenges. We, um, we just like to figure out like how to get something done. And obviously when the non-traditional ways, I mean, when the traditional ways are not working, that we're all about, you know, the out of the box marketing, 
um, at the, you know, pre-COVID, of course, we could do events and, uh, you know, advertise and have other, um, you know, collaborative, um, uh, you know, work that we're doing with, you know, maybe it was the local, um, you know, having like a, a fancy car there, you know, whether it was uh, working with Tesla or Rolls Royce or depending on the property or something like that, we would just do creative stuff like that. And, you know, just send really nice invitations. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. We just, we weren't afraid to, I mean, we were not wanting to throw money away, but we weren't afraid to waste to not waste. We, we didn't think it was a waste. In other words, we, we felt like, okay, well, you know, it's a little bit of a risk, but it's a calculated risk and we want to do what others haven't. Um, years back um, in the multi-million dollar range, uh, those properties in our market didn't really move well. So anything over 2 million, uh, which now it's a different story, but anything over 2 million would sit on the market. And so it was wow. very common to see the same properties marketed season after season, you know, cause we have, it's seasonal here, right? So, mm -hmm. so every season for like three or four seasons, you'd see the same properties marketed, um, you know, online and in magazines or whatever because they just didn't sell. It just, the, the market for those just wasn't well, strong. But it's the same mark. It's the same properties. Here's what I'm. Tell me if I'm off here, but it's the same properties marketed the same way, and then you come along and you market the same properties a different way, so that they don't even look like the same properties. Yeah. And it's a different way. And there you, there you go. There's an yeah. impact. It's, they it's sell. Doing something different, exactly. I mean, a lot of times it was a simple fix. Like, you know what? This property really needs to be edited. You know, there, it needs to be decluttered or. You know, you need better photography. I mean, the photography is just not cutting it. You know, you need just yeah. not. I mean, we even. I'm still shocked to see that some agents are still using their iPhones to market. A, you know, iPhone photos to market a product. Right. You know, but back then it was a lot more common. Back then, um, it was less common even for agents to hire professional photographers. You know, so you know we were willing to uh, do things that those other agents didn't do. I mean. It, it was just, uh, you know, taking it up like a few notches as far as quality. I mean, we're always about quality. So have the best photography, have it presented in its best light. You know, a lot of the times the sellers didn't even know how their property was being marketed, you know, and wow. we would show them like, you know, this photo here, it doesn't show off your, your living room. Like we're sitting in here and it's so light and bright and look how dark the photo is. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize like how bad the photos look. Like they like they just had no communication with their agents, you know, and I'm not saying every every situation. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, they, they weren't even aware. So yeah, so it's just we weren't afraid to um go out of the box, be creative, and uh, it's luckily it's worked out. So and evolved and transformed your kind of your life and your business. As you've gone through this, what do you think has been probably like your biggest aha? about being a top luxury real estate agent? That it's just, it's just life, you know, we're just not. It's just know, life, being a luxury agent, just life. Well, I, what I mean by that is um, like, we we still sell every price point, you know, so even though we, we love, you know, we've been fortunate and blessed to have more of the high end in, in recent years, like, you know, we're still selling a $500,000 condo, you know, we're still like, we're still servicing every price point, we're still, on, um, you know, providing the level of service, you know, in the same way. So uh, what I mean by that is, you know, everybody has like, you know, these, these life changes that they, that they go through. So whether it's, 
you know, they, they've reached a point in their career where, where, you know, they can actually afford a second home. Like that's a huge luxury, right? Um, and it's, you know, whether it's somebody that's, um, you know, they're already established and they're like in their, you know, middle-aged or we have so many of those younger millennials that are in tech and they're so successful at such a young age. And they're just excited to buy like their first property um, and they can afford like this amazing, like multi-million dollar home. I mean, what I mean is like, you know, real estate, it, it, it really just is life, right? Somebody had a baby, so they need to have a bigger house. You know, that's, that's a life change. You know, somebody maybe got divorced, maybe they want to downsize, you know? And so we're, we're with these clients through like pivotal moments in their life, you know? So that's why I feel like, you know, I feel blessed, like with what we do, like we get to get, we get to get paid just for helping somebody through a transaction that happens to coincide with like a very pivotal point in their life, you know, whatever that might be, whether that's retirement or relocating to their dream location that they've always dreamed of coming to, you know, whatever the reason is. So, um, I don't know, I, I guess I just, I don't know. I've come to look at it that way, I guess. Yeah. And what do you find is one of the biggest lessons or skills actually that you've learned? Example, didn't realize I was a terrible negotiator until I became an agent and then I figured it out. But for you, like, what is an example of a lesson you've learned or a skill you've really honed to make yourself or, or to, to get you to this next level of real estate? Um, I think being able to, um read people's energy in a way that, uh, you know, not, I, I, I don't know, how do I put this? Let's see, let me start over. Um, being able to, I, I mean, I guess it is, like you read the energy in a room, you read the energy of the person, you know, if they're, if they're very anxious, if they're very stressed out, like I wanna be that calming, like, you know, force, you know, if they're, if they're super excited, like, hey, you know, I'll be excited right there with them. But I mean, I think a lot of the times, like with our with our job, like we really have to be like that voice of reason, you know, like people are getting, you know, their mind starts spinning into like all these different what ifs or, you know, they have this fear or that fear or this anxiety or that anxiety. Like it's our job to kind of just keep them calm and like talk them through it. So I think a lot of it is, um, Maybe because like I always had, when I first started college, um, I wanted to be a child psychologist and, and had an interest in psychology. And so I think I've been able to use that a lot. Um, yeah. Even though I didn't end up, you know, following that career, I think I- Well, just, you kind of did, right? You just yeah, get it that way. Right, I mean, we ended up being like people psychologists a lot of times because they're going through life. They're going through yeah. things in their life. It doesn't always have to be negative, but- but if it is negative, then we can kind of, you know, help them to, you know, take a step back, you know, look at it, you know, look at things calmly and just, just, you know, assuage their fears and, and just keep them calm, keep them going through the process and uh, keep them informed, you know, and it just kind of be, um, you know, just be their cheerleader when they need it and their counselor when they need that. <laughs> hey, that's really, that's really what we are. That's what people yeah. don't know. You know, when people are becoming agent, they want to do it because they love houses or architecture. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, but that's really not what that's that's, they become an architect. I mean, it's good to know that. Yeah, um, part of it, yeah. Okay, so here's the final three, because I know you've got appointments to get to. What, number one, and you're going to have good answers, so we better give us enough time. But anyway, number one, 
What did you think or what have you found is your best resource or most powerful resource in your success? Hmm. Um, just as far as like, like myself, like type of resource? Anything. It, the, the, here's the thing. Full disclosure, it's a vague question to see yeah. what people say. It's okay. whatever you make it in your head because it could be what is like something you do that's different from everybody else. It could be like, what's your favorite CRM? Or what's yeah. your favorite, what, what's your technology tool? Something it really could be more, right. something more, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I think that, um, I, I don't know. I think just being, having the ability to just be genuine. Like, I, I mean, I'm by nature, I just, I'm not afraid to be genuine. So I think that people feel like an immediate sort of calm or, or trust. Um, with me, I mean, I was always the person, even before I got into real estate, that you know, perfect strangers would just like, you know, just tell me like their whole life story or tell me very personal things that I'm like, okay, like, um, yeah. And I and I appreciate that. Like, I appreciate you know people feeling comfortable to share and to be vulnerable with me. And so I think that's definitely been a part of you know, being able to have some success because when we're in the people business, that's like the main thing that we um, need, right? I mean, to get the business, they have to be able to trust you. And if they trust you pretty early on, then then you can, you know, make progress and get further quicker, whether it's, um, you know, making a connection with a business associate that, you know, happens to feel comfortable referring their clients to you or, you know, a new buyer or, or a very seasoned, um, you know, whoever it is, you know, if it's somebody that's new to the, you know, buying process, you know, you can relate to them. And if it's somebody that's uh, an investor that's flipped like a hundred homes, like you still want them to feel the same way. You still want them to trust you. And so I guess maybe, yeah. it's just, you know, just having that um, sort of like uh, personality or, or, you know, whatever it is that I have that, you know, people seem to trust. Well, you didn't say this, but I've, we've had a couple of conversations. I think yours too is listening. Like oh, some of the best yeah. agents are the best listeners. True. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, I guess that would fit in with the like psychology um, part that, uh, you know, I've always felt like kind of naturally drawn to why people like disclose like all these things to me sometimes when without you know without me asking for it <laughs> yeah there you go because you're listening true. a lot of times you're just listening so next question is there a book um that you recommend or that you've read and you're just like this has changed my career and or life yeah you know i recently went through well not so recently i actually was um uh or, or i guess a little while after the covid lockdown and once I think it started opening up here, I attended uh, a ninja installation. Um, so I don't know if you, I, you probably talked to like some Sotheby's agents that are yeah. ninjas. Yeah. So yeah. Um, ninja selling was, was a pretty great book. I mean, it, I mean, it's nothing um, like rocket science or anything like that. It's, it's, it's fairly simple, but very, um, very effective. And I love that it's a, an approach that it just resonates with me because it's an approach that, I mean, some things I was already doing um, just, you know, intuitively or just as, as part of my personality, but I learned a lot 
about, you know, how to be more um, proactive in a non-pressure way. Um, you know, whether you're, it's just, you know, dealing with clients or family or friends or, or whoever, business associates and, and be able to just, um, you know, kind of strengthen and grow relationships. And, you know, it's just, just about making people feel special and making people like, um, just making it very clear that, you know, that you care about them and you're, you're genu genuinely, you know, caring about them and actively caring about them. And, um, I don't know, I got, I got a lot out of it, um, that yeah. and it's been helpful to me. So ninja selling and the takeaways I'm hearing are number one, be pro it's being proactive without being pushy and aggressive yeah. and salesy. And yeah. the other one is remembering and learning how to make people feel special in a genuine, authentic way. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Last question. If we forget everything from this conversation, everybody listening, and there's one thing we should remember, what is that one thing that you would hope we all go away with from this interview today? Hmm. God, that's a tough question. <laughs> like, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not really good at like tooting my own horn usually. Like I, I mean, I can do it like when I, when I'm doing like a marketing, you know, like when I have to write up a copy for like a little marketing piece or something like that, cause I'm just listing factual things, but, um, what's thing, your advice? What's your biggest advice you would hope we leave with today? Advice. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think advice like if for other agents, right? Uh, for other agents, I would say, you know, if, if you're, I guess if you're new or I guess it doesn't matter where you're at in your career, <clears throat> but if you haven't really, um, you know, taken the time to, you know, be a proactive listener, um, I would say just really try to hone in on your listening skills because I mean, that's something that makes, you know, whoever you're talking to, whether it's a potential client or a friend or family member, I mean, that's what makes people feel so special. I mean, that you would actually pay attention and listen and um, actually, you know, understand, not just, not just listen where it goes in one ear out the other, but actually just like take it in, understand, you know, think about, feel where they're coming from. Um, people just want to be heard, you know, yeah. I think, um, I, I like I like to ask people a lot of questions, um, just um, innately. I think I've always been like that. Um, and I think whoever, if you're dealing with a client or you're dealing with whoever, um, they they like to um, be asked questions. You know, if if you're showing that you're genuinely interested in them by asking questions, you know, it makes them feel good too. So I would just say, just uh, practice your listening skills and be actively interested in, in other people, you know, just, and if, if you don't know how you can relate, then ask questions and just find out like, what are they about? You know, what, what do you have in common or, or what differences do you have? And, and, and maybe that's really interesting. Maybe you could learn a new perspective. Um, you know, I don't know, just, I guess. And, and get the information you need to get the deal done. Yeah, that too. I mean, that's just a nice byproduct, right. you know, right. Right. Being authentic. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And it happens to be our job, which happens to be why you're good at it. I can tell you take it for granted a little bit, but be empathetic, be curious and ask questions. Right. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. Sometimes when it's, you know, when we are just uh, a certain way by nature, you just kind of forget like that, 
you know, what you just said. So yeah, thanks for mentioning. Sure. Well, that's why I do this. I've been doing it for a few hundred interviews. So you start pulling stuff out or seeing stuff in people. But Maria, thank you so much for being on the Jerry Metcalf podcast. And it's Maria Patakis at in greater palm springs i always say of california just to be sure everybody remembers um with desert sotheby's international realty good to see you thank you it's a pleasure jerry thank you so much i appreciate it thank you okay bye thanks for listening to the jerry metcalf podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it if you like this episode please share it with friends to find more episodes search jerry metcalf podcast on any platform for podcasts or go to jerrymetcalfpodcast.com. That's J-E-R-E-M-E-T-C-A-L-F podcast.com.